Hi, my name is Ali Sternberg. You're listening to Crossing Paths. This is a podcast coming to you from Madrid, Spain, which is where my wife, our mini poodle, and I just moved to in February from New York City. We're here because my wife is attending culinary school, and this move to Spain is an opportunity for me to do something that I really enjoy, which is meeting other people from all walks of life who are also living away from home, away from their culture, away from their norms, similar to the way that my wife did when she moved from Chile to New York, and similar to what I did when I moved to Chile in 2012 and ended up meeting her. And all this that you hear now, seven years later, got started. So now you know the main characters on the logo, but there are plenty more people that you'll meet in this season of the podcast. Each episode, I'll speak to a new guest from another country. We'll find out together where they're from, what motivated them to move, their personal life, their career path, work life, and all the other twists and turns that come with living somewhere else. Today's episode, we sit down with, we cross paths with, our first guest, Valentina Hernandez Rufoni. She's originally from the UK, land of the Queen, land of the Beckhams. Valentina is very involved in Madrid. You'll hear all about her many ventures, her many adventures soon, and how her road to Madrid took her first to a life at sea, then to a life in the skies as a flight attendant in Abu Dhabi. So I hope you enjoy. You do a lot of things here in Madrid. I, I do a lot of things. My main thing, which I started um, when I first moved here, is Eat Out Madrid. Uh-huh. It's a community, an online community uh, on Facebook for anybody that is living, visiting, was here, is going to be here, that loves eating food and drinking out in Madrid. Yeah. Because when I got here, I it was the first day and I was hungry. Yeah. And I walked down one of the small streets which has maybe 10 restaurants on. Right. And you're like, where do I go? Yeah. And I just didn't I just didn't know what was going to be good. And until you go in there and try the food, by then it's too late. Right. So... Right. I, I've had that experience where I go and I go, oh, there's... I couldn't find... My first few weeks here, I was like, I can't find any good food because I will walk in anywhere and then I go, oh, this place wasn't that great. Where are the good places? This is yeah, Madrid. Exactly. This is the capital of Spain. And that's... That is... Is there too many restaurants in Madrid? Is a very difficult question to answer. Right. There's a lot of new places <laughs> opening. There's a lot of places that have been here for years. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have one, I think, the oldest restaurant in the world, um, Botin. Oh, yeah. Which I haven't actually been to, but I do plan to go. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many here that it's reasonable that you haven't been to that Yeah, one. I mean, I haven't been to all the restaurants. I mean, I eat <laughs> right. out a lot. But, right. um, yeah, that was the reason for starting it, because I really didn't want to be walking up and down the street to find a good place to eat or waste my money in places that were bad. Right. So the group is really there mainly for people to ask, can anyone recommend um, a Mexican restaurant in this area? Yeah. And now we have almost, or we have over now 5,000 people in the group um, from all different nationalities. And within five minutes, there's people posting, saying, go here, go here. And the good thing about Facebook is when you tag a restaurant, it then gives you all the information. Right. Because they usually have a Facebook page and then there's actually a recommendation section on the group that keeps all those recommendations for right. you. So whenever you need to go and see what the members have recommended, you go there and it gives you all of them. Did you start completely from scratch while when you arrived in Madrid? I actually started it before I gotcha. got here. Gotcha. Um, because I used to live in Abu Dhabi, in the UAE, and wow. there was, uh, I got introduced to a similar group there, 
which now has something silly like 30,000 members. Oh, my God. Um, and I just thought this is such a great idea. I just posted the other day, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for best octopus. But I Ooh. think, yeah, uh, I think it's very cool because you have people commenting from all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's people in the group who probably don't even live in Madrid anymore, but they're still like, actively yeah. Or there's people that are not here yet. Like, oh, right. people joining that are like, I'm moving here in a few months, or I'm kind of visiting in a few months. So they have no idea of anywhere, but they're, they're planning, they're prepping ahead, which I... I never even thought about Facebook groups and this kind of thing when I was going on a vacation or I was moving somewhere. But um, it's a lot. It's especially a lot. with five thousand members. Especially with five thousand members, which was it was the initial goal was to make it to five thousand. I think okay. that was like a yeah, it's a pretty substantial. Yeah, goal. and now <laughs> I'm like, okay, what what's now? next? You know, yeah. I love it. I really do. That's so cool. So aside to doing E at Madrid, which is primarily in English, I also. Um, I run a after work English club. Oh, cool! In uh, which is pretty new. It's um, in the Irish Rover. Okay. Which is actually very near here. Is it near? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it's, that is. Um, near Santiago Bernabeu. Okay. Uh, so every Tuesday I go there, and it's anybody who speaks English that wants to speak English, or those that are learning English that want to practice their English. Oh, nice! So it's not a class. I don't stand there and teach. Right. I literally just get people together. People have drinks. I give them some games or, you know, some icebreakers for them to meet people and people just talk in English. Oh, cool. Um, I do that every Tuesday. For how long is that? It's two hours, roughly, but people can come and go whenever they want. And then it also happens on Wednesday with, there's two of us that do it. Michael's the other guy that does it. Um, And I've actually just now become a Duolingo host. Oh, cool. So an event, like a Duolingo event. So I've I've been using Duolingo for a while, but, you know... (laughs) You don't keep up your. Um, you get the email from the owl saying yeah. that they're sad. Yeah, they're like, oh, you haven't done this in a while. So, yeah. But they were looking for hosts to basically bring people who are on the app in real life to meet in person. Cool. So basically, what I do with that is it's kind of a, a Duolingo event with this after work English event, which is nice. basically the same thing. So yeah. it brings two groups of people together and people just talk in English. That's awesome. Um, so I do that. I also most recently have started. Um, there's a lot of uh, apps online for children in China to uh-huh. learn English. Uh-huh. So I've started doing that. I've also... You're um, so busy. Yeah, I'm so busy. I've also started... Um, uh, there's a company in the US called CMX, uh-huh. and they are uh, a company that bring people together who are building communities. Um, they provide education and programs to help make communities successful. Uh-huh. They have just recently merged with Bevy, which is a okay. software company that provides uh, a platform for people that are building communities to take them offline. So to organize gotcha. events and things like that. And I've just become the CMX Connect host of Madrid because they were looking for people, event people, yeah. to, ha- to host events in different cities to bring community builders together. Yeah. So I'm doing that. That's really cool. Is that it? Is that, is, that all, um, is that all you've got? You're uh, you're obviously from the UK. I am. I'm Kent. F- I'm from Kent. If I remember correctly. That's right, which is southeast of London. Yeah. Lots of people don't know about that, so it's easier to just say London. Uh, high school, university mm-hmm. in uh, around the area? Yeah, well, uh, it's a funny story, actually. <laughs> so many funny stories. We could be here for hours. <laughs> so I originally wanted to be... Um, in IT, I wanted gotcha. to be. I wanted to work for IBM. Sure. And I did 
what we call A levels. Yeah, like uh, which is like sixteen to eighteen years. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. SATs, I think. Oh yeah. Because so I did IT, loved yeah. it, doing coding and and stuff, which no idea how to do it now. Yeah. And <laughs> I applied to all these universities. I actually wanted to go to Bournemouth University, okay, which is in the very south of the UK, well known for its IT, and I was convinced I was going to get an A. Yeah. That's what you need to, to be able no, to... No, no, no. Oh. That's just what I wanted. Okay, okay. Because I worked so hard, and I got, it got to the day when we got the results, and I got a B. Uh-huh. And devastated. I devastated. I said, I don't want to go. I don't want to do... No, it. nothing. No, I don't want to do IT no more. Yeah. So, that, that, I think it was on a Thursday, maybe, on the Friday, I contacted um, a local university, which is actually a, um, a theatre university, which is... at close to my house okay. one of my other friends was going there to do um, a course in events management which was called organising live arts at the oh. time it was quite a fancy name yeah. but it's really just events management and I decided I was going to call them up and see if I could go and join them in a few weeks I like that plan um, hello I, okay. I planned, I planned my, my school prom I really loved doing that I don't know why I didn't think at the time that this would be my career uh-huh. I mean um, you I think it's crazy for people to decide careers when they're 17, 18, Oh, anyway. yeah. I mean, it, I, you just don't know what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but you feel like you should go to university. Right. Because that's what you should do. So, basically, my mum and dad said to me, do you want to go away to university right. and live away? Or do you want to stay at home and get a car and go somewhere close? Very interesting. So, I was like... I'll take the car. Because yeah. <laughs> I had a boyfriend at the time and it would have meant that I would have had to leave and we would break up and I didn't want to. Sure. So I got a car, I ended up going to university maybe 20 minutes from my, my house. Um, it was weird because the university was not big enough to be called a university, so it was called a college. Yeah. But it was validated by the London Metropolitan University. Okay. So my degree is technically from the London Metropolitan University, but right. I studied... At this place. At this college. So I did events management, loved it. Um, I did lots of different things, and I'm now an events manager, or trying to be. Right. When did you move to the UAE? So uh, this is the timeline. So I graduated in 2009 um, with a first, which what is, is that the, top, the top, oh, you top, can get. top marks. I don't know how I got that. Because <laughs> um, my dissertation, Yeah. which I think in the US called thesis yeah for, for that level of thesis. I don't know how I wrote that um, <laughs> because I'm not very I just I feel like I'm not very good at writing so I was very impressed um, and even when I read it now I'm like I didn't write this yeah. um, so I graduated and then during the time we was in university we had um, a cruise line called Disney Cruises uh-huh. they came in because they were recruiting people uh, and gotcha. being a child that was born in August, like, I'm at the end of the school year. Right. So I wasn't old enough at the time to go and work, because I'd always wanted, I'd been on cruises with my family, I wanted to travel, and I was like, oh, this sounds interesting, but wasn't old enough. So um, there was a period of time where I was kind of doing just random jobs, and then uh, somebody actually... What's the age, sorry, what's the age 21. of 21. 21. Yeah. For most jobs on a cruise ship, because of most companies are American, uh-huh. and the drinking... Just drinking, Yeah. yeah. And then somebody found a job, uh, a job advertised in a newspaper. This is how long ago this was, <laughs> and gave it to me. And they were doing interviews for um, entertainment hosts on uh-huh. board. I'd never done anything in entertainment. 
I mean, I've organised events, but sure. you know, standing up on a stage with a microphone is something I've never done before. Uh-huh. Went for interviews, got the job. Nice. I then flew to Amsterdam on I think it was August tenth, two thousand and ten. Uh-huh. So kind of almost like a year later, and yeah, I went to work for a cruise line as an entertainment host, which is hosting yeah. different activities. Are you the pump-up person? Yeah, basically the pump-up person. But for the cruise line that I worked for, it wasn't kind of like party all the time. Sure. It was, you know, this is fun, let's get involved. We're not going to stand there and drink shots and get drunk all the time. It's not a party cruise necessarily. No, it wasn't a party cruise. There was party involved. It it was party, yeah, it was partying. Partial party? Partial party. If you wanted to party hard, then great. But it wasn't, we weren't going to... Supply it and like yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah pour the drinks down your throat yeah kind of thing. yeah no that wasn't I mean I can't eat, I can't eat, the thought of shots and things is just <laughs> no um so I started doing that I did that for a few years um and then decided to become a Zumba instructor cool um because people were interested in it we used to do it with the uh, Xbox Connect yeah and you can imagine that with thirty people trying to do Zumba with the Xbox. And the connect, and if you move away from the connect, it stops. Yeah. So I was like, we can't do this. So I became a Zumba instructor, and I became the first Zumba, the first physical Zumba instructor for the cruise line. Oh, so you were Zumba instructing on the cruise. I was Zumba instructing on the cruise, so I was doing wow. kind of two jobs. Yeah. In one, and at that time, Zumba was like just started, and people were loving people it. People were loving it. It's really hard to do in the heat. On, like, yeah, on the pool deck, um, but people loved it. Are you right out in the sun, like on yeah, yeah, midday right, Zumba? Yeah, right in the sun. Um, yeah, it was hard. But people came, and they That's loved awesome. it. Um, I did that for a few years, uh, and then I decided to stop doing it because I was with someone at the time. Sure. Um, did a f- number of things on, on land. We call it on land. Like, when you've, when you've, worked, <laughs> when you've worked on a ship, you're at sea. Yeah. And basically, you do normally you do six month contracts. Okay. So you do six months without a day off. Wow. No days off. You're That's working around twelve hours a day. That's a lot. You obviously you live on board. Sure. People ask, oh, do do you go back home? And people really ask these questions, like, how do you generate electricity? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, we, we have a very long cable that stays in Miami. Yeah. And we just go. There's just someone um, yeah. creaking like yeah. that. Yeah. So basically, the, the, there's a lot of pros and cons to, to working at sea. Obviously, you live on board, so you're really kind of in a bubble almost. So you're living underneath. You, everyone kind of has a phone. So if you're needed upstairs for something. But you're like always on call. You're, you're almost like a doctor. Almost, <laughs> but without the, the, <laughs> the long years of training. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's fun. You get to travel the world. Sure. Um, you, basically I felt like it was my university time that I didn't have because I didn't live away gotcha. from home. Everybody, right. uh, is, knows one another. You kind of go to the bar. It's the same people every night. Yeah, it's very communal. It's very communal. It's people in and, each other, in and out of each other's rooms. You know, gotcha. it's... It's a real, real yeah. lifestyle. You get to know people very quickly. It's an intimate. Yeah, it's yeah. very intimate. And, but you make friends for life. Like the amount of friends now that I have from all around the world. If I was going to do a world tour, sure. I could probably stay for free in most countries with somebody that I knew. That's amazing. Um, and That's when, a nice when, little benefit. Yeah. Whenever you see them, like sometimes you go to another ship and you haven't seen someone for two years and you're like, oh, hey. It's as Great. if you saw them yesterday. Right. 
it, it's right. crazy. It's like your own ship family, and people don't people will only know what I'm talking about if they've worked on a cruise ship, right. um, which is why it's so um, addictive. Gotcha. You do like you're just in it, and you're you're, you're in going it, every you're, single day. You're and you're just it, kind of and it. if you meet somebody, which right. I did multiple times, and <laughs> that per- one of those people is now my husband. Wow. Um, you know, you do your six months, you have a vacation for maybe two months, depending. Yeah. Because you've been working so hard every single day, 12 hours a day or however, you get home and you're like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> you end up, right, because your day is so packed. Your day is so packed. Your, your, your brain is used to doing so many things Yeah. very constantly. Um, you're used to not making your own food because it's made for you. So you go home, you're not working, oh, you're you've just... got to make your own food, <laughs> and you end up spending all your money that you've saved. Right. And then it gets to the end of the two months, and you're like, oh, well, I best just go back. Yeah, I should just do, do, do that again, because... So it's a circle. Yeah. It's a vicious circle of save, spend, save, spend, and yeah. it's very hard to get out of, and I've stepped yeah. away from it a couple of times now, and, and then gone back. And come back to it. Um, you're like re-released into society and then you're yeah, like, yeah. you know what, I really like this thing where I could get food served to me and mm-hmm. I, you know, I got paid and didn't spend any money really. I mean, you do spend money but it's much easier to save because right. you're not paying for rent. There's no rent. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. rent. Your food is there. You do have to pay for Wi-Fi and if you want a drink and if you want to go sure. out in the port and stuff. But coming back to land, yeah, as they say, to land. Is, is very hard to adjust to. Yeah. Because you lose a lot of friends when you go away for so long. People don't right. understand. Like, People don't really get your whole... the whole. No. it's totally different. Yeah, they don't understand that you're in a different country The land day. people don't get it. Yeah, they, they don't get it. So it, you're very, it's, you lose a lot of people, so you come back to land and you have no one. Yeah. So that's oh why people God. then go back. They're like, who are my people? Yeah. Where's, what, where's my clan? And the yeah. clan is on is at sea. Yeah, <laughs> they're all at sea. So, and then a lot of people end up on their vacation either going on a cruise... Oh. Which is which is strange for me. I've yeah. never done that. Or they go and visit people that they've met in the in the in their ports. Um, so your land life is kind of on hold. Right. Until you decide that you're breaking the cycle. Yeah. yeah. Like well, this is over. Like, yeah. It's not you. It's me. You know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I did that. Um, then I stopped doing it for a while. In two thousand and twelve, I went back on the ship I'd already been on. Yeah. And after two days, I was introduced to this man. Uh-huh. And, um, working on the... Working there. He was in the entertainment department. Uh-huh. And I was not interested. <laughs> like, I'd just broken up with someone and I was like... I honestly went on to be with whoever I could be. Yeah. I didn't want to be committed to anyone. I, yeah. I just decided that I was going to go there and just... I'm, I'm free. Yeah. Meet this... This gentleman. Day two. Day two. <laughs> We're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. We're going from uh, Tenerife to Miami. Okay. So day two, we're in the middle of the sea. You can't see wow. anything at this point. And he wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Um, he didn't speak much English. Gotcha. Um, Where is he from? From Venezuela. Uh-huh. And, um, but he wouldn't leave me alone. And, you know, he was giving attention, mm-hmm. which girls love. Um, so this went on for a while, so much so that that person is now my husband. Yeah, wow. And, uh, funny, funny thing about this, even though I wasn't interested at all, he clearly was, and he tells me, and I still don't, I 
I have to believe it, but I don't. He tells me he wrote his wedding vows in the first week. That we no. Met. Yes. That's that's like from a, a Nicholas Sparks yeah. novel movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has it all written down. Does he have that, like, that piece of paper yeah, crumpled yeah, up yes. from the, the cruise? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And the even funniest thing is, is, you know, my name is... It's pretty unusual in the UK. Valentina, not many people have that name. Oh, yeah. Here in Spain, lots of people. Many, many people. Depending where you are. I mean, I, it's very rare for me to go somewhere and meet someone who also has the same name. Right. So, I meet this <laughs> guy. Turns out that I am the third Valentina that he has been with. Gotcha. And his previous girlfriend was called Valentina. No way. I'm being deadly serious. Oh, my God. So, I just, I just, what are the chances... Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. And my lucky number is three. There you go. So it's all coming together. Hopefully, this is this is it for yeah, him. Yeah. Um, so I went back, met him, did a few contracts there, and then we decided that um, we're going to try land again. Yeah. Uh, it was the second time. Had he been doing this kind of cycle of? of... He, yeah, he'd been doing it for a few years, not as many years as I'd okay. been doing it. Um, and basically, the way he, we ended up in Abu Dhabi was I was making a video, a secret video for his 30th birthday. I was okay. trying to get videos of people saying happy birthday. I contacted someone we both knew from ships. Yeah. We both knew him, knew this person separately. Oh, I see. It wasn't like a mutual connection. No, we'd never been, to, we gotcha. all three of us never been together. And he said he was in Dubai working for this company. And I was like, oh, interesting. Are they hiring for people? And they're like, yeah. So I suggested to him to apply. Yeah. In the meantime, somehow, I decided to apply to become a flight attendant. Oh. I'd always wanted to be a flight attendant yeah. since I was younger. Oh, wow. Um, and somebody mentioned it in the work that I was at, and I was like, no idea who this company is, but yeah, sure, I'll apply. Right. Which happened to be in Abu Dhabi. Like, yeah. You <laughs> have a lot of... Yeah, just... yeah. So I went for this interview. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard about the flight attendant interviews. No. So, Are they intense? Oh, God. I People no come from all over the world to come oh. to these interviews. Obviously, I, it was only in London, so it was, like, down the road. It was in yeah, Heathrow, it was actually. Pretty, yeah. Got there. They say you should, like, you know, dress up smart. And I'm like, yeah. okay. People, I'm not joking. People looked like they were ready for the Oscars. Oh, my God. They had their nails done. like, And I, clearly, I didn't research this very well. <laughs> right, because right. I didn't go... You were, like, business casual. Yeah. Not, like, Met Gala type of situation. I wore, I think I wore a brown suit. And everyone else was wearing black and white, you know. Yeah. My hair wasn't perfect. <laughs> and I'm not joking, there was 200 people there. Oh, my God. And people were standing up like, this is all I've ever wanted to be. This is my life. Right. And you were like, I'm, uh, I'm like, I've just come I'm down like... the road. <laughs> yeah. But I got through. I got through to the last oh, 10 people. Oh. And it's brutal. They make you, they look at your nails. They check if you've got any tattoos. Like, is do you look good? And then there's one part where you have to reach a certain height. Because huh. on, on the airplane, you have right. to be able to close the overhead lockers. Right. And it was fine for me because I'm, I'm quite tall. But one girl came in late, which, you know, you shouldn't really be late to an interview. Right. But they let her come in. And we're sure. all sitting there waiting. We've been there for an hour now because we've all been there reaching. She's been practicing closing the overhead yeah, compartment. So, <laughs> so we're all there wait, watching her. And she goes up. There's, it's got like a bit of tape on the, on the wall. She goes to reach it. She can't reach oh, it. No. And we're all like, oh. oh no. And they're like, oh, take off your jacket. Maybe it's your jacket. She was a little bit smaller, yeah. but we were like, come on. You, you can, can do reach it. it. You can do it. She couldn't reach it. She had to put her jacket on and go home. No. Yeah. 
in front of everyone. She had to walk down the middle of 200 people. <laughs> my God. And you know, that's when I realised, you know, this is like, yeah. this is serious. Yeah. So you're in the army, kind of. Almost, but, but much more glamorous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I got the job. Nice. He got the job. Yeah. And we moved to Abu Dhabi. It all just kind of miraculously came, yeah. came together. Yeah, so we packed up our stuff and we left wow. for Abu Dhabi. Um, which is crazy because we'd never been there, didn't really know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, it was intense. Right. The training... Did you like me when you were there? You were like, oh, this is a place I could live? Or you were just like, this is a great opportunity, we should just live in Abu Dhabi? Um, we initially wanted to stay for five years because they were doing it. They're doing an expo in twenty twenty. Okay. Which is meant to be huge, um, but after two years, of, he worked very intensively, on land in different hotels. Right. I was obviously flying into di- different places all the time. We weren't really actually together. Right. Um. So we were living in the same country, which was great, but. We went together. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, being in the UAE is very hot. It's, I it's a desert. I imagine, you know, it's yeah. It's a desert, there's very high humidity, um, the culture's very different, um, and we just decided that after two years that we want to do something different. Yeah. Which is when we moved here. Here to Madrid. Um, in the middle of that, we got married. Um, You've been here for almost three years already. Almost three years already. Yeah. I like it here. It's close to the UK for people to come and visit. The weather's great. The food is great. My so you Spanish see it, you see it as like a, a forever-ish... Yeah, I hope so. Like, I hope to start a family here. Yeah. Because it's getting to the point now, as you get older, as much as I love travelling, I do want to settle. Yeah. And you can't keep picking up your stuff in suitcases and moving around the world. Right. Well, you can. You can. You it can. takes a lot. It takes a lot, but I just... I honestly don't feel... If I don't get settled now... When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Yeah. You know, and once you start having children, you can you can travel with them. It just becomes more difficult. Right. Um, right. Just, there's just an extra layer. We came here, my wife and I came here with our mini poodle. And even that is uh, definitely work. an ordeal. <laughs> yeah. Um, he is, you know, we have to go get particular documentation, which is crazy. You have to get documentation mm-hmm. signed off by some official person in Albany, which is to make a huge mistake as to how far away this is from New York City but a couple hours away okay. but they FedEx it back to you and you can only do it 10 days before your departure oh, so wow. you're really sitting on the edge of your seat like will he be coming like will he is it going to happen yeah uh, although now that we are here we're going to get him a European Union passport for dogs which allows <laughs> you <laughs> no, that yeah it allows you to travel within the EU with, your dog. with your dog. Does it have a picture of the dog on it? There's no picture, oh. but it does look exactly like it says like European Union, España. Like it's gonna be a. Yeah, does it have his name? Yeah, it has his <laughs> name in there. It's. I'm very excited for it, but but yeah, like that that was a whole ordeal and and, wow. and uh, worth it, but. With kids, it'll be you're just doing that. Well, you can press you've, so. you've got to give birth to right, them, good. which yeah. is the, also the a difficult part. Yeah, but I've never had a pet. I'm not sure if I want to complicate my life, but let's see. One day we hope to get our own place. You know, the goal is to buy a place. I mean, that seems right. so far away right now, but you know, to have your own place, I would. I mean, I would love. I'm sure you've seen when you take off from Madrid Airport, you see those houses with the swimming pools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Out the in goal. Like yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it's close to Madrid, but. Like, right. nice little suburb. Yeah, and I can sit there in the summer with my barbecues, there's the pool. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe I'm thinking too big, but, you know, I think you should aim big. Yeah. 
shoot for the stars. Yeah. Go so for the go for your pool your poolside dream. Yeah, yeah. And and here in Madrid, you don't no interest in, in maybe moving somewhere else in Spain. Not really. Like we've always kind of been attracted to capital cities. Uh-huh. I just love it here. I mean, I I feel like I've. As one of my friends would say, you find your tribe here of yeah. people. And there's so many different meetups. I mean, we met at right. one of the meetups. One of the meetups. Um, and you meet so many different people. And then you realize, oh, that person knows this person. And I know this person. And yeah. you're all kind of connected eventually. Yeah. And I feel like Madrid has a lot of people that are really out there trying to connect. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. I really appreciate you doing this podcast. Oh, this thank you. Really, really this fun. is this has actually been my first podcast. That was so cool. Yeah. Both our first. Yeah, both our first. Thanks for listening to our first episode and a big thank you to Valentina for being our inaugural guest, uh, our guinea pig. Uh, reaching out Connecting to other people, speaking to them about their life experiences is honestly, honestly, my favorite thing in the world to do. So I'm really happy to have found a format to be able to sit down and meet so many interesting people. So if this is something that you enjoy hearing about, if you have considered or are considering moving to a new city or country, please keep listening. Each episode will be a new guest with a different cultural background, life experience, career path, and my hope is at least one, if not all, will inspire you to try something new. Next episode, we are talking to Daniel Silva. He is a serial entrepreneur and angel investor originally from Brazil who recently had a successful exit, sold his company, uh, moved with his wife and daughters to Madrid. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Crossing Peapod, and I hope to see you next time.